Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hello, welcome to Mondays with Matt. This is the podcast with Matthew Starkey, investment advisor, representative, president, and owner at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. He's an RIA, that's a registered investment advisor, serving you right here in the Saginaw area. And each Monday, we're going to come to you, well, maybe not each Monday, but a couple of Mondays a month, Matt and I are going to come at you with a podcast and talk about things that might relate to you and your retirement journey. You could reach out to him a couple of ways. You can check out this podcast online, of course, on iTunes. You can also go to his website at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. That's greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. Or just give Matt a call if you've got some questions, 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. But again, don't forget to share this with friends and family who might benefit from the podcast as well. And after all that, Matthew, welcome in. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Nice to be here on the podcast with you. Thanks for having me alongside. And we got some good stuff to talk about today. So I was going to ask you, are you Matthew or Matt? What do your friends call you? Oh, I'm Matthew. That's my <laughs> given. And when you get real close, you can call me Matt. Okay. Either one works out just fine. Either one. Just as long as we don't call you late to dinner, right? That's what my dad That's used right. to say. That's the old saying. I like my dinner. <laughs> yep. I, as long as I'm not late for dinner. Well, hey, let's, let's talk about a couple of headlines here to uh, kick off the podcast here on Mondays with Matt. A headline that's kind of making its way around that I noticed a couple of days ago I wanted to share with you. So far this year, a lot of the growth of the S&P 500, Matt, has been driven by really only six companies, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Netflix, and Apple. Since those are all technology and web-related companies, are we setting ourselves up, in your opinion, for another you know, kind of a dot-com bubble downturn, if you will? Or what do you make of this being all tech and web-related? Well, Mark, that's a great question. And, you know, those headlines are generated because absolutely there are companies that are more heavily weighted in an index. And some of those profits are allocated to those companies that are more profitable. The S&P 500, as you know, is an index made up of about 500 companies. And when tech takes off, like it did back in the 90s, right before the dot-com crash, if you remember 95 through 99, you could almost go out and buy any any one of those companies that were tech-related and have profits, and it was almost instantaneous. In fact, I remember when they were hiring people and giving away like a brand new vehicle as a sign-on bonus to some of those companies. Oh, wow. <laughs> so profits can get pretty crazy. And with that, as investors see that, we tend to get greedy and we want some of those for ourselves. So what you see happen is a lot of times people will overweight their portfolios if they're stock pickers, they'll buy what's hot. And that's how you really get hurt in a downturn. If your portfolio is heavily weighted in the hot commodity or the hot sector of the day, those sectors eventually cool off. And so what we do is we recommend the money that someone's got to count on is diversified in a portfolio with thousands of other holdings so that when the market does go down, we have other sectors, other asset classes that support that portfolio and they don't take a hit like 70% when the market crashes. So right, right. a good way to protect is definitely keep a diversified portfolio, own those equities, but keep them diversified and then rebalance the mix so that you don't get heavily weighted in one sector over another. 
Yeah, we tend to see those ones that make the headlines and have the big names to them. And sometimes we can get ourselves out of balance by wanting to go after some of those larger companies or the ones that are maybe producing more. And to your point, you want to make sure that you're keeping that nice diversified portfolio. Well, and that really kind of is a nice way to bring us around, Matt, to talking about our main topic today. And that's retirement planning being more than just investments, more than just, you know, those six stocks, if you will, as we were just talking about. There's a lot more to it than picking those investments as you mentioned. And so your advisor's job really is to help you navigate, you know, all other kind of essential areas. So let's talk about a few of these here on the podcast. Social security, obviously a big one, Matthew, you know, it makes up a bigger part of our retirement plan than it was ever intended, but certainly it's an important part and you want to make sure you're doing the right things here. Absolutely. Social security, as you mentioned, it does make up a big part of retirement income for many households. In fact, people lean more heavily on Social Security these days as they did 20 years ago. And a lot of people kind of use that guaranteed income sort of philosophy. Hey, I'm going to get at least this much from Social Security. And so what happens is a lot of times, just like your portfolio, you heavily weight your retirement income on one source. And we used to talk about in financial planning, a three-legged stool, one of those being Social Security, one of those being pension plans from employers, and the third leg of the stool being your investment savings. And so what we have to do when we look at Social Security and when to start, number one is if you're married, heading into retirement, that makes a difference than a single person. And then secondly, a lot of it is based on someone's health and their own desire of a retirement age or a date. So there's a couple of things to consider with Social Security, and we need to be conscious of. You can elect to take Social Security early, as early as age 62. And then based on your year in which you were born, there's a full retirement age, that's FRA. And then there's also, you can delay retirement past your full age to age 70. And that's the maximum your benefit continues to grow. So the longer you leave your social security benefits unclaimed, once you're eligible at 62, the higher the amount that you'll have when you elect to take income. So really it comes into play as when do I start it? That really depends on A, do I have a pension from an employer and other income? B, am I going to continue to work? And C, do I have a spouse that's going to be starting income and when would they start? So we have a process that I like to go through with clients and we can actually plug in their numbers into a software program and it shows them how to maximize their social security. In other words, if there's a husband and wife, we can tell them precisely when to elect to start receiving social security to get a maximum benefit. Without that analysis, most people will just choose based on their statements that they receive from social security. And now those paper statements are disappearing out of the mail and you have to go online to calculate your benefit. Yeah. So there are a lot of different things to consider. Obviously, you know, you mentioned the spouse, you know, it's a conversation that you should both be having together. And then along with your advisor to make sure that the strategy you put in place is going to be the right one for you. A lot of us get wrapped up in thinking, well, I want to run down and turn it on as soon as I'm eligible to do it. But again, it may or may not be the right fit for you. So it's certainly worth having a conversation with someone like Matthew so that you can make sure that it is, you know, the appropriate thing for you because you can be giving up a lot there if you push that too fast. You mentioned pensions, Matthew. Same thing. That's another piece where it's more than just investments to the whole retirement planning process. Whether it's a lump sum buyout or spousal benefits, another conversation that's incredibly important to have. Yes, absolutely. So the pension plan, and this used to happen 30, 40, 50 years ago, where you'd work 
for an employer your entire career, and they provided a defined benefit to you. So the defined benefit meant that the employer was putting away money, and once you reached a certain age, let's call it age 60, you'd be eligible to start taking income from this, and you'd get a defined set amount of income for the rest of your life. The important part when you're selecting a pension option is, uh, again, you mentioned it, do I have a spouse? And how much of this income will I want to keep around for my spouse if I should pass away early? So when it comes to pensions, number one, we're looking at the amount of money. But secondly, and probably more importantly, is do I have a spouse to provide for? And if I do, there's different options that I can elect once I am ready for that income. The first one is usually a straight life. So do I want to take a straight amount of income on my life only? Or would I like to elect instead of a straight life, meaning that's only covering the person who is receiving the pension, you can elect a joint and survivor benefit. So those are normally in amounts like you can either have a 100% benefit go to your spouse in which you'd receive a reduction of your benefit, but you're providing that once I pass away, my spouse will continue to get 100% of this income. And then there's other options as well, like 50% survivor benefit or 75% survivor benefit. So all of those come into play when you're making the decision. And some people will actually have an option to roll over their pension amount from the employer into a, an IRA where they can direct the investment and they can direct the income options as well. Naturally, rolling it over to an IRA gives you more flexibility and whether you want to receive that income set up as a monthly income stream or if you want to just take it out little by little, those options are available to you as well. And you're not locked into any set amount of income for life like you would if you elected the pension income option. Well, you're listening to Mondays with Matt. We're talking about retirement planning and being more than just investments here with Matthew today. Social security, pensions, we talked a little bit about that. What about the home, Matthew? Some of the home-related issues that are going to fall into there. Downsizing is obviously one of the first ones that a lot of people bring up when they're sitting down with an advisor, correct? Yes, absolutely. Downsizing is one of those issues that you run into, as we age, we tend to be less active or even maybe have the physical capacity to go out and do things like um, mowing lawn and raking and cleaning the gutters. And, you know, people have health-related issues frequently as they age. And actually, that's typically the number one expense that people experience in retirement. And so if you have some health considerations, a lot of times people start to think about downsizing. In fact, I was just talking with a client recently that had a back spasm and he ended up on the floor and then to the hospital. Ouch. And suddenly he's okay through some therapy, but he started thinking more clearly about the responsibilities that he takes care of and that his wife cannot do physically. Yeah. So they are actually looking at downsizing right now. And the issues that we run into are exactly that, you know, you either have the investments to set up to pay a lawn service and people to go outside and manage the outdoors. Maybe that's exterior things on the home. Maybe it's roof, cleaning the gutters, trimming trees. If you have property, a lot of times this is where you say, hey, maybe we should start paying this monthly condo association fee, get rid of our big house and get into something where we can both manage. Maybe you have a basement and you want to get on one floor and you got to downsize. So yeah, some yeah. of those issues are also entail uh, things like maybe having a living estate sale where you have someone come in, marking things, 
taking care of mom or dad's things. A lot of times the kids get involved at this point, especially if there's health concerns. Mom and dad got to move out. Now they need to hire somebody to come in, give us an outside perspective as far as what really needs to be saved or what can be sold or what can be thrown away. So as we go through this process, not necessarily an easy thing when you're emotionally tied to the things in your home, but we find that there's good reasons to downsize. And a lot of it has to do with our own you know, personal health. And healthcare is usually one of those things that prompts that. Yeah. And you've got relocation. I was going to say relocating as well. Yeah. That'd be another one, right? Yeah. One of the good things about downsizing is if you are coordinating with your financial advisor, doing some estate planning, you'll probably end up selling that home if you are going to downsize and relocate. And that takes care of some titling issues from the mortgage perspective and making sure your deeds are prepared properly and all that. But relocating, there is an expense to doing it. And what normally happens is as a son or daughter gets involved, helping mom and dad package items, get rid of things, relocate. And a lot of times it's helpful if you actually look at a moving company to help you. And there are some senior centric companies out there that this is what they do. You pay them a fee, they'll come in, they'll help you organize, sort, and keep those things that are important handmade-downs, those family heirlooms. And you can either put those in storage or you can maybe work through that process with the family as far as gifting those items while you're alive to whomever should have those. But relocating, although it can be a monumental task, can actually have some really good benefits and help organize that estate for the family down the road. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of different pieces go into the retirement planning process. We're just touching on a few here on the podcast with Matt. Social security, pensions, some home-related issues like we talked about. And, you know, there's some health questions to be thought of. Maybe you have rental property. A lot of pieces go into it, but we'll finish off here on our main topic here, Matt, with lifestyle. And I guess I just wanted to bring this up because I see a lot of people making the mistake or not thinking through just their general spending habits there's a bit of a stigma out there that people think they're going to spend less in retirement. And that may be true, but it may not be. But it tends to seem like more often they're spending more when they initially retire because they want to get out and do some things and they want to kind of achieve some of those retirement plans, at least in my opinion anyway. What do you think? Well, I agree, Mark. It used to be back in the day when we were financial planning that they said, hey, plan on living on about 75 to 80% of your pre-retirement income. Right. And today that's just simply not true. As inflation and prices increase on things, most people need 100% of what they were living on prior to, you know, retiring. And a good point is, you know, hobbies. A lot of people want to do things. We're working in, with generations now that are more healthy, getting out, doing some more active things. So you got seniors out there doing yoga and uh, <laughs> right. maybe hitting the rail trail on their bikes or uh, getting out and walking, maybe buying that retirement home early so that you can enjoy that. So our income generally what I see doesn't necessarily go down their income needs. In fact, some people need a little bit more to retire. When you're figuring out what you want to do, I think what works well with most people is they have a plan in the back of their mind, but it's very important that you do think about and spend a little bit of time planning retirement. What do you see and what do you want to happen there? Because as you enter retirement, generally you're going to have the most amount of money available. And so if you have some hobbies, even if you say, hey, let's spend a little bit extra for the first five years or maybe the first 10 years 
We're going to use more of our income doing the things we like to do, travel, you know, go overseas, go take the grandkids on a, an all expenses paid trip for them and enjoy your family. Enjoy this time when you're young, healthy and retired. And it's kind of a reward for all those years of hard work. And then what you can do later is we can taper the expenses down and say, okay, once I'm 75 to 80, we're going to slow that habit down and we're going to spend less. And then we look at the portfolio lifespan and how much you'll need to take out to achieve those goals. But a very important lifestyle tends to actually stay similar or possibly even increase your expenses in those first couple years of retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. I've heard it phrased as the go-go years, the slow-go years, and then the no-go years when you're in retirement. Those go-go ones are the early on, and obviously as we age, we kind of slow down a little bit. Well, we were talking about retirement planning being more than just investments. And again, if you've got some questions or concerns, things you'd like to talk about or share with loved ones, make sure you reach out and check out Matthew online at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. And you can also give him a jingle at 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. This has been Mondays with Matt. We hope that you check out the podcast as we continue on in the future. And don't forget to check him out online at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com and share this on iTunes and Stitcher and other places as well. Appreciate your time, Matt. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk next time. Thanks, Mark. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.